All right. Welcome, everybody, to another edition, the 10th edition, as a matter of fact, of the How to Sell Insurance podcast. My name is Ryan Federico, as always, joined by two amazing gentlemen, some of the best in the business, Mr. Ashton Delango Lunday, who still decides to text me from meeting with clients, asking questions about IULs all the time, uh, and Mr. Keith Fonseca, who I text from appointments all the time to ask about debt-free life, Mr. DJ Debt-Free. Uh, man, guys, my switchboard is absolutely blown up. Uh, if you are not uh, in Symmetry Financial Group, then, um, you know, we're disassociate yourself from this. But if you are and you're not on switchboard, <laughs> this is nuts. I mean, legitimately, I'm looking over at the screen right here to the, to the left-hand side of me. Uh, got a lead request this morning. Um, sent him over a direct-to-consumer link, and the guy just bought insurance, and I'm going to get paid tomorrow without me, like, even talking to him. It's, it's crazy. Um, so uh, pretty soon we're going to be out of a job because this How to Sell Insurance podcast is just going to be like get on switchboard and let it do its thing. Um, so automation will uh, will take over the world, I'm sure. But The robots um, are coming. Changing they are. Changing the name to how to sit back and get paid. They're not coming. The robots are here. Um, so, man, uh, Ashton and I were at uh, Cody Askin's 8% Nation conference uh, last week. So awesome. How good was Ed Milet, man? It was great. I know that was your number one speaker you're looking forward to hearing. Was I wrong? He was great. I loved him. I, I never never heard Ed Milet uh, speak anything. Didn't really know who the guy was. You played one video once on a team call, and that was about it. So it was, it was really great to, to hear uh, Ed, Ed speak. I hope they release the video because uh, Tim Tebow also spoke for like 90 minutes and was captivating. Like every word he said was was just like <laughs> was awesome. Um, but you know, a lot of association, meeting with a lot of people throughout different parts of the industry, getting pumped up by uh, people that are having a lot of success, learning about some new tools and, and things, and was a really awesome experience to be there. Uh, thanks, shout out to Cody Askins for uh, for putting that on. Uh, was worth every penny of uh, of attendance. Uh, I guess here's what's what's on my mind, guys, and and um, I think you guys are probably getting the same thing too. We've got a lot of new agents coming on. Um, our company's kind of blowing up because a lot of other companies are losing a lot of agents due to leads or um, you know just sort of lying in their business model uh, or just being a better way. And so we're taking on a lot of new agents and um, the agents who are coming in not burnt because they've spent, you know, $50,000 on leads and they have, you know, $50,000 of roll up debt. Not those ones, but the new agents that come in that are ready to get working and aren't like dragging this ball behind them. I seem to get run into this a lot. And tell me if you guys run into this a lot too. It's like, hey, I don't understand how to uh, basically create a, a, a smaller death benefit and present a smaller death benefit in a way that sounds appealing enough for somebody who came in who's 75 and has you know a, a stint put in five years ago and has a $400,000 mortgage and wants $500,000 of life insurance. Um, and so I've, I keep running into this with new agents. I don't know if you guys are too. It's like, well, how do we start weaving stories and how do we start presenting 
dollars uh, $50,000 policies or you know, $100,000, $200,000 policies in ways that sound very appealing to the person who's on the other end of our, our sales presentation um, so that they buy and they get coverage and uh, they're not sitting around with no coverage because they want 500000 and they can't afford it, right? So uh, are you guys running into that? And what are the most common things that you're seeing? I'll, I'll go to, to, to Keith first, and then we'll, we'll discuss some how do you overcome it. Yeah, I would think <clears throat> it's common for most folks. I mean, since the beginning of getting into this, I thought, you know, 35, 40-year-old people would just emerge because we were doing mortgage protection and they would be healthy and this would be like slam dunk. But all of a sudden, you know, the mar the mortgage uh, market boomed in terms of not discriminating against age. And you got 65, 75-year-olds who have 30-year mortgages staring at, well, I want a full payoff. And it's like, okay, great. Can you afford two, three grand a month of insurance, especially since your health is not there? So, you know, it had to become like part of what we do already, which is, you know, 60, 70% of what we write in the mortgage protection space, not just the simple life insurance space or not the cash value space, but the mortgage protection space being able to, you know, appropriately present a solution to a problem and not answer a request. So the request is I want my mortgage paid off and the actual, the real problem is how are they going to pay the mortgage when something happens to you? And those are two like opposite sides of the spectrum. And so, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure we're gonna get into how to present that, but um, at least yeah. to me, it was making sure that, you know, I was upfront with like, you're looking for one solution, but you're not actually looking at the real problem. Yeah, what's interesting before we go to Ashton to get your thoughts on this, what's interesting is like, Keith and I came from home improvement sales and in home improvement sales, it was like, oh, we would meet with a client and they were like, we want to do everything, right? We want to remodel this. We want to remodel that. We want to do this big project. We want all the windows and doors. We want all the pavers and barbecues and water features. And then we would go, hey, that's like $150,000. And they'd be like, oh my God, uh, yeah, we can't do that. And so we were very used to going in to somebody who had this huge expectation of what they wanted to get done and sub-segmenting what's the most important part of that project and selling that and just going, hey, what's the number one thing that we need to get done? Okay, the driveway, it's you know $10,000, let's get that done. Or we gotta get these five windows done or we've gotta get these two doors done or whatever it is. And we were used to sub-segmenting and getting what they could afford. And that translated really well when we came into insurance because it was just natural for somebody who wanted 300,000 for us to go, well, what's the most important thing? This $800 a month for 300,000 in coverage isn't gonna work for you, right? Because you're you know, 78 years old and you had a heart attack eight years ago. Um, so how can we provide a solution that still gets you uh, somewhat of what you want? Ashton, what about you? Like you didn't even come from sales. You didn't come from, you know, insurance. You didn't come from any of that when you came, you know, into the industry. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you learning that? And then, you know, what's it like? How do you coach some of the agents that are on your team of how to get over stuff like that? Yeah, you know, for me, I think it was first uh, of just learning, you know, why we do what we do, that, especially in the mortgage protection environment. Now, I'm not talking about any, any other type of, uh, of insurance line there, but 
You know, like, why are we doing what we're doing? It's to make sure that the home is taken care of when, when something happens. And I, I think the best illustration I ever heard was from, from Ryan Miner, uh, who, who said, hey, you know, I, I give this example all the time. You know, I'd love to get, uh, you know, Lamborghini or a Tim Penso Ferrari, you know, whatever. I, I want on this really, really nice car. I would love to have this Ferrari. But you know what? I can't afford it. So you know what? That, that doesn't mean that I just don't drive anything. You know what I can't afford is I got a Harley Davidson Iron 883 right out here. Uh, cost me like two or three grand. And, you know, it takes me to A to B. When it rains, it sucks. I didn't have rain gear for the first time. <laughs> and it was like pins and needles and it was horrible. And I was driving like 100 miles um, all in rain, all interstate. So 70 miles an hour. And it was, I was going, I think, like 50 on the interstate. People were passing me a lot. It was horrible. But you know what? It got me from A to B. And it, and it's, it did its job. You know, it got me to the grocery store, got me to school, got me to do what I needed to do when I needed to do it. And so I use that illustration all the time. Like, hey, you know, just because we can't get that full mortgage payoff, which in five, a year from now, if you're doing it right, it's not going to be that same amount, 5, 10, 15 years down the road. But we're going to get what we can afford and fits within the budget. Yeah. Just because I can't afford a Ferrari doesn't mean I walk to the grocery store every day. Yeah, I love that example, man. And, and uh, an example that I was taught that's all along the you know the similar line, um, I think it's a little bit more personal, is just like, hey, I understand that like you want your kids to have $500,000. Like, I get that. Um, but if you had to choose between 500000 and $0, which one would you choose? And they're like, well, 500000 Okay, if you had to choose between 200000 and $0, which one would you choose? Okay, if you had to choose between leaving your kids $50,000 and leaving them zero, which one would you choose, right? And that goes back to like more money is better than less money. Some money is better than no money. Let's get you something that fits in your budget, whether that's for life insurance, whether that's for uh, final expense, where this happens all the time, where it's just like, well, you know, how much does a funeral cost? It's like, well, probably about 20 grand. Well, shoot, I can't afford $20,000 in coverage. And okay, well, uh, do you want to have some money for them to be able to figure something out for you after you're gone? Or would you rather them just kind of have to fend for themselves and, you know, put you in a cardboard box and, you know, carry you around in a bag, you know, <laughs> and, and sometimes it's got to get that graphic with people um, for them to really shake that like, oh yeah, you're right. I need to do this. Um, the, the concept that I sort of want to jump into with, with you guys as giving someone an example of how to overcome this, some of the ways that, that we can, um, present to clients that make a lower amount than what they were expecting palatable. Of course, we know of what's called the critical period concept or the equity protection plan, which is using the equity in the home or using their investment accounts yeah. or things like that as the death benefit by saying, hey, we want to give you enough money to where after you pass away, um, your spouse or your children or whatever it is, aren't worried about how they're going to pay the mortgage or aren't worried about how they're going to clear off this debt. We've got this money and now they can use your investment retirement accounts or they can use the equity in the home after they sell the home as the death benefit. That's one concept. One of the ones that I really like to use, especially with, with younger people. And when I say younger people, I mean like late forties, early fifties is um, when we're doing, let's say we have a husband and wife and they both work. 
and they're sharing the bills. So when we go through their monthly expenses and we go, okay, well, um, you know, you need about $300,000 to pay off all the debt, all the mortgage, or you need 500,000, whatever it is. Well, Mr. Smith, you're only responsible for 250 of that because Mrs. Smith is also responsible for 250 of that. You're both still working. So we don't need to get you both 500,000. We need to get you both 250,000, making a very reasonable example that we can get them half the amount that they need each because if one dies, the other one's still working, right? And uh, I wanna make sure that everybody hears the language that we use when we say this, right? Because it's super important when we're using this language to say things like, everybody does this. Most people that I sit with that are in your position choose this. This is our most popular type of plan for people in your position. Uh, keeping up with the Joneses, making everybody feel comfortable with what you're about to lay out in front of them so that they can make a choice that is not what they came into the appointment for, but they feel comfortable making that choice after you leave and they're not second guessing that that coverage after, after you go. So uh, Keith, what are some other things that you do um, to kind of make the example to people and overcome getting them less coverage than what they were expecting? Well, I think there's a, look, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, right? Uh, for me, process means everything. Mm. So their age, their health, their whatever, like, it doesn't make a difference. And there are agents out there that think it does. At least what I'm working with my concept, it's not changing, right? It's really what do you qualify for? And let me give you options so that you choose. So there's yeah. a couple of like, you know, things that we talk about that we consistently do. Me, again, there's a four letter word I do not like. It's sale, S-A-L-E. I do not like to think about this as sales uh, because in sales, I must convince you that something is right and true. Um, and, I, you know, convincing doesn't seem to work out when it comes down to another uh indisputable fact that must exist here. I must love someone else before I'm going to put some insurance in place on me. Right? Because I had a guy over the weekend say, like, I'm dead. What do I care? Right? When I'm dead, what do I care? And my response to him is, do you care about your family after you're dead? And he said, yes, I do. I said, okay, then we need to talk. Right? So that's an indisputable truth. They have to love someone else. Another indisputable truth. Insurance is simply spending money to buy money. We forget that often. We dance around the you need this and what about this and what can you this and that. Um, but simply all we're doing here is spending money to buy money. We're leveraging today money for tomorrow money. That's yeah. it. And so those are two things that I, uh, or a couple of things I hold true. Uh, insurance is an emotional sale, but the reduction of death benefit is a logical sale right and I don't like sale but again an emotional purchase is I must have insurance God forbid something happens to my family the selection of insurance is a logical purchase it's a logical decision of I can leverage this much for this much so I like to present it in a way that people understand all I'm doing is moving money from one bucket to another right this is the bucket I hold it in today. This is the bucket that I'm going to create tomorrow. And if the bucket today has a third full and the bucket tomorrow is completely full, which bucket would you rather have? So the question I always ask 
which was taught to me by, you know, MC uh, Arfed over there, uh, was, you know, when you pass away, is the bank going to ask you your spouse for the entire mortgage payoff? And they'll always say no, right? Oh, okay. What are they going to ask you for? Well, they just want the next mortgage payment. Exactly. So is it possible that making sure that the next mortgage payment is placed is a good idea? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, let me present you tiers of what that looks like. Here's 20 payments, here's 10 payments, here's five payments. Now you pick the one you can afford. It does not matter to me which one you pick. What matters to me is that you have more coverage than you had when you started today. Because again, if you go through all 10 podcasts, you'll find some repetition. Questions will always win, right? Comments, telling, um, selling, it never works. People think, we started this with new agents. New agents think they have to come in and, and learn about insurance and learn about products to convince people you must buy. If someone shows up for an appointment, they've already made a declaration they want to buy. Nobody shows up not wanting to buy insurance. Even if they tell right. you, I'm not here to buy insurance, I don't have enough money, I don't care about my family, I just had nothing better to do, there was no sports on, and I figured I'd do a life insurance meeting with someone on a video <laughs> or have come over to my home, right? Yeah. So they want to buy. So creating that space where we take away the illusion of it's a sale, I'm selling you on something, and we create that space where you're just making a logical decision to take some today money and create some tomorrow money, and I can't predict what's in between. But I'll leave you with this, Ryan. I have heard people say, $500 a month for $30,000 of coverage, that doesn't make sense. And I'd say, okay. Uh, if you passed away two uh, months from now, that would be you gave them 1000 and they gave you thirty. If I said, give me $1,000 right now, I'll give you a check for 30000 would you? They're like, yeah. Okay, if you passed away two months from now, isn't that the same thing? Yeah. So unfortunately, we don't know when you're going to pass away, but that's a good deal. 1000 for 30000 isn't it? And they're like, yeah. So then I'm like, okay, pick the one you can afford. It's always a good deal. This is a no-loss conclusion. Yeah. Uh, and I love that, man, because I, well, first off, uh, one of the points that you made, and I know we don't want to use the term sale, um, although, you know, what we do is sales and, and sales is really navigating to a solution, right? And in this case, what we're, I think what we're faced with is the same principles exist in any sale. Sales are made on emotion. They're justified with logic. And that's what we're talking about here. So you can't just go in, not get any emotion out of people and, you know, logic them into buying. And that's what happens a lot of the times with, with people is that you're afraid, new agents, you don't know what to do. You go into the appointment and you forget that you need to get to the root of why they want insurance. We need to get to the root of, I would rather my loved ones have 20,000 than have zero. Or I can't think what it's going to be like for my loved ones if they didn't have me and get that emotional need out first. And then we can logic the hell out of it and just go, hey, you only need this. You only need that. You only need this. What if we got you this? What Keith is saying is the, the logical part, which is, hey, if if you it was three years, right, you're paying $500 a month, right, or something like that. And you've paid 18000 and you died in three years, right? Well, you're still paying eighteen to get thirty. Is that still a good deal for you? Yeah, it's still a good deal. 
Okay, are you going to get that type of return in your bank account where that money is sitting right now? Is your bank account just growing with that amount of interest, right? You're getting 50% on your money? No. Okay. So I understand that it might not be affordable for you, but let's at least agree that this pricing is a good deal for you, right? Like you're still going to win most likely in this pricing because you're going to die. It's also okay for somebody who's, you know, you're, you're dealing with somebody who's 80, 81, 82. We see them all the time late 70s, 78, 79, right? Um, what's her name from, uh, from, from Greece, the actor that just passed away? Olivia Newton-John, right? 73 years old, right? Yeah. And like we think 73 seems a little young, but not really. It's not that young. So when I'm sitting with somebody who's like 78, you know, I have no problem telling them, hey, listen, if I open up the newspaper tomorrow and I looked in the obituary section and it was like, 78-year-old woman dies, I'm not going to be shocked. That's not surprising. That's the age when people die. You're 78. You're 81. Would you be shocked if you opened up and you're like, my 90, my 81-year-old friend died? My 83-year-old friend died? No. So we know there's a higher likelihood of you dying before you reach the amount of money paid into this policy that you're going to get out. And it's it's giving them those little logical reasons, but we can't go to the logic before the emotion is made of why they need the coverage. They don't, it doesn't work just yeah. to go, hi, nice to meet you. Let me tell you that you're 81 and you're going to die tomorrow. And here's, you know, here's this coverage. So we've got to get their reasoning out of uh, why. Ashton, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think there's much more to add to this. Uh, it's simply just like you guys said, it's all about why are we doing this? Why, why do we need coverage? Uh, every time we're, we're going into these meetings, that's, that's all that matters. So what are, then yeah. what's one thing that you say to a client then? If we don't need to expand on it, like what are some tactics of things that you've, yeah. you find yourself saying to clients all the time to get them uh, you know, a lower coverage policy? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, again, it's going to go back to those, those power questions that, that we've talked about before, but simply just asking, you know, what are the goals for this appointment? What are we looking to do? Before you fill this out, you know, I'm working at least brand spanking new leads. I'm working – you know, they just filled it out within the last, we'll just be generous and say mm. week. Typically, it's far less than Got that. It. So whenever they filled this form out, they had everything that they already had. They had everything they already had. Every policy, every bank account, every 401k, every account, every bit of money. They had all of that before they sent, filled out that form, and they still did. So there's some reason. So they either had all this coverage and we need to assign a job, assign a value. All right, you got a bank account or you got a 401k. What do you want that for? All right, so that's the job. You want it to provide a, uh, an inheritance. How much do you want to go to each person? Now I'm assigning a job and a value. Yeah. All right, you had a $20,000 life insurance policy. What's that for? Burial. How much do you think it's going to cost? Uh, you know, 25000 Okay, we're 5000 short or 20000 Great. A job, a value. Now all that stuff's out of the way. Now what do we have left for the mortgage or whatever market you're working with? So going back to literally just, you know, why'd you feel this? Like, why is there a concern? Yeah. You had everything you had. Why is there a concern? And then when we get to the end and we go over the price, it, it might be, hey, guess what? I got to spend this much for that little. Well, you're focusing on what it is, not what it's doing. Yeah. And that's the most important thing is what is this going to do? Well, your wife isn't going to have to worry. She's going to have that mortgage taken care of. 
and that was the reason you said you wanted to have something put in right. place. You have a plan, and the money has a job. I love that. Give the money something to do, right? And and when I'm presenting options like that, especially for you know like a mortgage payment protection, um, I'm never presenting this as a thirty thousand dollar policy. I'm presenting this Correct. is going to pay your mortgage for twenty four months after you pass away, right? Or or whatever it is. I'm, I'm giving the money a job to do. Hey, this is to pay off the debt that you have on that credit card and that boat and that whatever, the solar on your house, and then to cover the mortgage for six months while the house sells so you you know they can get the most value out of the house and move to somewhere else. Whatever it is. Uh, another example that I would give that I, I make from time to time with younger people, especially when we're talking about term coverage, um, you know, younger people don't think they're going to die most of the time, right? And they're, you know, it's, it's an oddity when you get a younger person who's really afraid of dying early. Um, but what I look at is I go, hey, uh, $300,000 in coverage, let's say, is $200 a month. And it's, you know, it's just way, way too expensive for them because they're, you know, 45 or, you know, or something like that. And I go, well, look, think about where you're going to be in 15 years from now. What's that going to look like for you? Where will you be in 15 years? Let's go into the future. Well, you'll be 60 years old. You'll still have a few years of work left. You'll um, you know, be winding down. Your retirement accounts will be full. Um, you're going into about to have a fixed income. Property value has risen. And I start to weave a story of what 15 years ago or what 15 years from now looks like and go, so 15 years from now, you're also going to have this mortgage half paid off. And now you only owe 150 on it, right? You have all these other assets. Property value has gone up. Now you only owe 150, correct? Yes. All right. So this is why I want to get you $150,000 in coverage instead of $300,000 in coverage. Because even if you died tomorrow, 150000 is going to still get your spouse or your family 15 years of mortgage payments, right? And make sure that they have 15 years of property value increasing and all those things to stay in the house. Uh, or to you know maintain your standard of living, and I go back to 15 years from now, what's it going to look like, right? How much do you owe on the house? What's your property value if if it happened if you died in 15 years when you were 60, right? And they go, oh man, that's a that's a great point, and we can write a $150,000 policy or a $100,000 policy, and if all else fails, we drop back to hey, let's just get you something. Right, right now you have zero, and anything's better than zero. Yep. Right, I don't care if it's twenty-five thousand. I don't care if it's an accidental death policy. Like, let's let's just get you something and make sure that we're at least moving you in the right direction. So, um, what what about you, Keith? Any any final little strategy <clears throat> thoughts of things that you say to people? Well, again, there's a couple of incontributable, incontributable, non- irrefutable, irrefutable. There you go, irrefutable. There it is. Oh. When you said Olivia Newton-John, I got, let's get physical, stuck in my head, and now I can't speak anymore. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of irrefutable facts, right? Uh, number one, uh, facts tell, stories sell. And so I like to sell, uh, tell a story, right, yeah. of like, hey, listen, um, here's what I happened with my mother. That's the one I typically use, right? Because then people start to feel like, okay, you know, I'm really – uh, bringing this home and, it, and it's close to me and I'm suggesting the same thing for you. Same thing when I get to a young person, right? Um, another irrefutable fact, paint the picture, right? If you're in this business and you can't paint a picture, 
that's almost storytelling with questions, right? So if you listen to all of our podcasts, you'll hear Ryan often ask questions that's painting a picture at the same time of what happens if this and what happens if this and what would you do if this? And this is where I think new agents lose control because they think they have to paint the picture through description uh, rather than paint the picture through illustration of questions. So if I'm illustrating what's going on by asking questions, then they're on that journey with me. But most irrefutable fact is, what will you do if something happens tomorrow and we don't put some coverage in place today? Oh, I'll be fine, we'll be fine, they'll be able to this and that. Great, super happy to hear that because I work in this industry and I see people all the time have this problem with no coverage. How long will that last? How long would that last? Right, and is something in place better than nothing in place so that if I give you tiers, you pick what is most affordable to you, right? It's almost like this conversation for me gets to every time I meet with a client and they say, how much is it gonna cost? I say the same thing, well, that's up to you. You're going to get to choose how much it costs. All I'm going to do is evaluate your opportunity to qualify and give you options that I feel are best serving for your family like I would for mine. And then you're going to pick the one that makes the most sense, and then we'll apply for it so we have some coverage in place. I love that. What are the prices? It's up to you the prices are. Yeah. What do you mean? That's why you're here. I love that art of confusion, you know, (laughs) and like knocking people (laughs) off their game. It's so great. And, you know, I think that – Let's let's not forget that uh, we're we're the business of helping people get protected, and so you know the the better we can help people get protected, I think that we would all agree, twenty five thousand dollars of coverage is better than them sitting wishing they could afford five hundred thousand, mm-hmm. right? Like them them dying and them having twenty five thousand is is better than them sitting around shopping and going through fully underwritten blood tests and waiting, you know, months and months and losing interest and falling off and not actually having coverage put in place. So, um, you know, just keeping in mind our mission to, to help people be protected, to help them provide for their families, to help them cover those main concerns. Ryan, I've got a question on that. I've, yeah. I've got to ask you, is it better for them to have $20,000 in coverage through a little bit of a back and forth than them sitting not having any coverage and going, wow, I really like that Ryan guy. He was so super nice. Um, and I'm glad I didn't feel like, you know, I, I'm glad, I, you know, he's going to be a friend glad of I mine. didn't feel pressured. Man, he was such a great guy. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have him over for dinner. Um, Are they saying that when the significant one passes away? Well, I remember Ryan no, was a great guy I, while I'm moving out of my house and I'm homeless. Exactly. that, And that's something that, like, I've shared a number of times. That some people, you might find this a little bit abrasive. I remember telling Keith this very specifically, right? Because Keith was that type of person. We had to be <laughs> those type of people in sales where it's just like, everybody loves me. And I've got this enigmatic personality. And, like, I love connecting with you. And, oh, my God, you're such a great guy. And it make it puts you in this position of like, well, he'll understand that I, like he can get back to me. I like we'll connect. We're gonna see each other all the time. He's my best friend. Like, uh, I don't need to make a decision tonight. And I would say this thing in home. I haven't said it virtually yet. I haven't needed to. But when I was sitting with people in home, I would say, guys, I need to I need to make sure that we're all on the same page here. That I am not your friend. And I just like I know it sounds weird to say, but I want you to understand that I'm not your friend. I'm the person that's here to help protect your family. And let me explain what I mean is that in three months from now, when Bill gets in a car accident 
and he dies. And, you know, Janet, you're looking back on this meeting. You're not going to think of me as a friend. You're going to go, why didn't Ryan do his job and get Bill this coverage put in place so that my family is protected and we don't lose this house? So I, I want to be friendly with you. I want to have a relationship with you. But let's not forget, I'm here to do a job. I'm here to help your family get protected. So let's get this going. Let's put this policy in place. Because it's real easy to like start building rapport and building rapport and building rapport. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, man. You know, Keith is a great guy. Like, uh, you know, Keith, just email me some quotes. We'll we'll go have dinner next week and I'll, I'll think about it and we'll go over it together because you're such a great guy. And if you don't have that purpose of I need to get this family protected, um, you're, you're, you're probably going to end up in a position where you're losing most of the time. That definitely sounds abrasive probably to some new people who are out there or listening. And here's the thing. That's why so many people fail in this industry, why the attrition rate is so high because they can't get themselves to a place, to an acceptance and an understanding. I need to have that abrasiveness at times because my job's not to be liked. My job is to protect them. I don't need to be liked to protect them. And that's why so many people fall off. And if, if I, I, I didn't know it early in, uh, enough, I couldn't do that. It's why Ryan had to coach me into doing that. I almost left this industry because I couldn't. And when it clicked that I need to do that, I must do that to help people i've made more friends that way than just being nice me oh okay it's cool yeah how many more referrals do you get when you're when you're that convicted about protecting somebody and they can feel it you know it's it's a game changer so ashton final final thoughts we can wrap this bad boy up i don't think i could end it any better i think those uh those are the best words to end it right there well we couldn't go any longer in this podcast without addressing the Hawaiian shirt theme that we have going on. All right. So a buddy of mine uh, designed these shirts, Yada Golf out of Colorado. Shout out to Yada Golf. We're not sponsored by them. I don't know if they have enough money to sponsor us, but we should be. Um, we, were, we were in Cancun, and I was wearing this shirt. Keith ordered one. Uh, Tim Penso ordered one. We'll see if we can get him to wear it on the podcast next week that we're recording. We might have to order Ashton one. Um, but uh, Hawaiian Shirt Tuesday is, uh, is where we're at today. Uh, hopefully you guys all picked up something that you can use and uh, put into your game to help protect some more families and and help uh, get some more insurance put in force on people we will be back to you with some fresh content our next number of episodes are going to have a lot of guests because we're going to be at a big conference sitting down with people doing some uh, some crazy conversations and we're going to ask some wild questions this isn't just going to be like what'd you do to get started or what kind of leads did you buy this is going to be like hey did you ever uh, have somebody naked on zoom you know like uh, tell us the story right you know <laughs> that's those are going to be the stories that we tell ashton's like what we're doing what uh you know but it's, it's going to be fun we're going to have some unexpected questions with uh, some of your favorite people from this industry so and we'll be live uh, next wednesday or yeah next be, wednesday did you yeah, ever do an appointment where you were naked on zoom just the bottom half Uh just the bottom half yeah so uh as always like and subscribe to the youtube channel go to writemoreapps.com you can see all of our trainings all of our podcasts uh get us on spotify get us on wherever you can listen to podcasts we are there share this with people let them know that uh, you found a place that can help them get better in this industry and find a new way of life we will be back with some more fresh content we'll catch you all later